a lot of time we have more gain than we have losses, you know. And so as I begin to put things in proper perspective, you know, I begin to just to give God thanks and give him praise. Like, you know what? I do have something to praise God for, you know, because, you know, if it wasn't for God's grace, I probably wouldn't be standing here in front of you. You know, none of us. Come on. Think about all the obstacles and all the battles and all the things that you endured through 2010. But God brought you through the high moments, those mountain moments, and those valley moments. But God was faithful, and he brought you through it. And so you have something to give God thanks about today. You have something to praise him about today. And so as we go into this new year, we're going to go into this new year with a, with a renewed mindset. Amen? I love what the video talked about being renewed. This, this, this is our time to renew our hearts, renew our commitment to the Lord. You know, re- renew our vows, re- renew our goals, the dreams. Maybe there's some things you wanted to accomplish in 2010, and you didn't accomplish it. But you have 2011 now. Come on. Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't have enough application where you didn't apply yourself the way you should have. Amen. You should have. But this is a new year. Everything starts afresh. It's a clean sheet of paper. Amen. It's a clean sheet of paper. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 43, which is a familiar portion of Scripture. And when you have it, just say amen. All right. Isaiah 43, 18, verse 19. Hallelujah. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. Forget the former things. We could just stop right there and go home. Forget the former things. Forget 2010. Forget your past. Forget the former things. Keeps on saying, do not dwell on the past. Here we go. See. You need some eyes now. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I want to read that again and we're going to pray. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now, when? Now, one person got it. When? All right. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Father in heaven, we come before you on this beautiful Sunday morning, Lord. Just a week ago, it was a big blizzard outside. Oh, God, but we think that you've made a way <laughs> for us to get here to miss the snow and all the different things that were tried to hinder us for coming to your house. We made it out on this first Sunday of this new year, 2011, God. We thank you, Father God. It seems like it's an odd number, it's an odd year, but there are great things in store in this year, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you anoint these lips of clay. 
that as I will bring forth your word to them, you will speak pointedly to the hearts of your people, Father God. You know what they stand in need of. You know what they need to hear. You know what their condition is this morning. And I pray they will not leave the same way they came in the name of Jesus. Even as you delivered me and brought me out, God, I pray you will do the same for them this morning, Father God. So, Father, I pray that you give them an attitude of gratitude to give you thanks, Lord God, and in all things give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 As we are entering into 2011, amen, God is challenging us this year to trust him more. As a people, many times we go through circumstances, and it can kind of shake our faith. It can kind of shake what we believe. It can kind of shake our mindset or our, 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 our passion for the Lord. There are hardships that we hit in life that make us question God, that make us doubt our faith, that make us wonder, God, are you really there? God, is this Bible just a fairy tale? God, are you really who you say you are? And times we, we, we ask ourselves these questions because we don't always see the results that we desire to see. We say, God, you're going to bring us out. And the way we think he's going to bring us out is not the way we're brought out. But we have to be grateful that we're brought out. I said, God, don't give us a new location. This is not the location I had in mind. But isn't it a new location? I told the Lord, I, I, and the pastors, the pastors and the ministers can tell you, this summer was talking about, I said, I want my flat screen. Right, Mr. Dwayne? I got my flat screens. Did I have it the way I wanted to have them? Not quite, but I got them. Come on. And sometimes God would do things and, 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 and do things in ways that we do not expect him to do it, but he'll do it. He'll give you a job, but it won't be the job that you went to school to study for. Come on. Come on. He'll, 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 he'll bring a spouse, but you think you want this type, and God brings someone for a whole other race to you. Come on. Come on. You say you want a child, and God might be telling you to adopt the child. Come on. It might come a different way. But it'll come. But you have to trust him. And so sometimes God will answer us in ways that, you know, will be out the box or, or way left field because he's God. He's sovereign. When God called me into ministry, ladies and gentlemen, I said, Lord, okay, woo, I'm ready. We're going to do this. I got Pastor Edgar together. I got some intercessors together. Amen. Prophet Diane, I got them all. We meet at your house. and We were all coming together. We were all praying and everything. I was like, God's going to do this thing. And then it didn't quite turn the way we thought it was going to turn out. It didn't. But God did it. Is the Gathering Church here this morning? He birthed it. Did he do it? Those prayers were not in vain, but he did it. And so I want to encourage you this morning to know that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. It's like the beautiful song Sister April sing, he is able. God is more than able to do what he said he's going to do. But our mindset this morning must be we must forget the past. We must let it go. We must forget the past. If I were to ask you this year, what is the one thing you need God to do for you this year? What would that be this year? We're going to go through one thing, and we're going to talk about it, and then I want to go into us preparing for this year. Because many times, you know, in the new year, we make great plans, you know, what they call, the world called New Year's resolutions. 
Amen. I call them goals. Amen. And, and, and dreams that you have for this year. Amen. We make our New Year's resolutions. You know, we're going to lose weight. That's, that's the top of the list. Amen. We're going to maybe connect with people that we didn't, didn't really get to connect with. Maybe some relatives from last year. They visit grandma enough or something like that. You know, you said you want to have a different experience or you want to get a different job. Some of us want to go back to school and get another degree. You know, some of us want to start a family. Some of us want to get a house. We all have different things that we're believing the Lord for. And so we're going to talk today, how do we get to that place? Because I think sometimes as Christians especially, we are so good at talking. But there's no demonstration. There's no demonstration of the power of God. Oh, God is a healer. And no one, everybody walking out sick. Where's God a healer at? Oh, God's power is available. He can do it. And we don't see God doing it. We, we, we talk a good game. But when it comes time for application, that's where there's a disconnect. And so we want to talk about this year that we will build that bridge. So we'll go from just talking about it, as it's saying in the world, and being about it. You know, one of the things my sister used to say, stop the yapping and make it happen. You know, because we always yapping. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But you ain't doing it. You wasting time talking. You wasting God's precious, precious oxygen, his air, and you ain't doing nothing with it. And so we're going to talk about application and how do you personally, I want to see you personally grow this year. I want to see you get to the next place that God wants you to get to in 2011. God has a purpose. God has a plan for you. And you have to strategically um, place yourself in his will to do what he's called you to do. And it's not going to happen just by you praying and speaking in tongues and laying all in your heads and saying it's going to be done. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be some hard work on your behalf, some dedication, amen, some application for it to be done. But what are the one, what, what, but what, what are the one thing, that one thing that you will believe God to do? Number one, what one thing do you desire from God this year? What is the one thing you desire from God this year? Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. That was the one thing that David desired of God, that he would dwell in God's house to behold his beauty, to worship him in the beauty of holiness. What is the one thing that you desire from God in 2011? What is that one thing? Some of you might be two things, might be three things. But if you can narrow it down, what is that one thing? I said last week, I said, my, my, my one thing, I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to have a fervent prayer life. See, we all pray. But if I put everybody up on this mic to pray, some prayers would shake this room, and some prayers would be like, oh, that was nice. Amen. I'm in agreement with that. Amen. You know why? Because the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous. So you pray, but are you a, are you a fervent prayer warrior? Are you a prayer warrior? Or you just pedicate God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And it's not about being loud and boisterous. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. Because I can say, Father, I, we were praying this morning. Come on. In the bed this morning, quiet. And stuff was shaking in the room. Come on. 
you have to have authority. It's not about, we think, you know, being powerful is loud and boisterous. That's not. Come on, that's, that's not what it's about. Sister Marola was up here, her quiet, sweet self, singing the Lord. But come on, we was entering in his presence. Come on, it's not about that. We all have different expressions. But it's about the spirit. It's about the spirit of who you are. See, I can tell if you're connecting with the Lord or not. Come on, we can tell. Come on. When, when we, I just preached a couple weeks ago when, 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 when John and, um, with, excuse me, Peter and, with Peter and John was before, amen, the, the, the people in, in the book of Acts chapter 4, I believe. And he talked about, you know, these are just unlearned men. These are just ordinary men. What's wrong with them? Some different. But they have been with Jesus. They knew there was something different about them. When you're with Jesus, we'll know that you've been with Jesus. The world would know that you've been with Jesus. They might not be able to put their finger on it, but they'll know that you have been with Jesus. So my, my one thing is, Lord, I want to be a man of prayer. I don't want to just talk about it and say, yeah. Because, you know, we, a lot of times as Christians, we dwell back on the past. You know, we first got saved and how on fire for God we was. Come on, Diane. Nobody, you remember we was at your house in the morning? Oh, no, 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 no. Jiggy Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. You was on fire for God? Come on. You was the first one to church, the last one to leave. Every time they had an altar call, you was on the floor crying out to God. Come on, had revival service. You were the first one on the prayer line. Come on, you was on fire. You, you was telling everybody about Jesus. You need to get saved. You need to get God in your life. And you just had such a passion, such a zeal. And then we get, then, then, then we get a little knowledge sometimes. And then the zeal go out the window. But see, now that we're in a place of understanding, now you got to get the zeal back again for the house of the Lord. You know, because before we first got saved, you wanted to tell everybody about God. Now the Holy Spirit says, go share with that person. You be like, I don't know, I don't hear you, Lord. Mm-hmm. He's not talking to me. The devil is a lie. I rebuke that. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Come on. That's, that's exactly what we do. Last night, my wife said, honey, we was, we was in, what was it, Popeye's chicken? My honey said, here's two cards. Give them out, give them out to the guy. And all of a sudden, this fear came over me. I'm like, now, I'm the pastor of the church. And I'm like, you want to come to my church? I'm like, hold it. Now, when I first got saved, I woke up to gangs, 10 people. How y'all doing, fellas? What's up? Good evening to y'all. Y'all mind if I share with y'all a little something, son? I hope this bless you. Do you know Jesus? And now one person sitting by themselves, you all. Y'all know I'm talking about, that's not how y'all be. Come on. Let the church say amen. You be all scared. You be on the bus, the Lord said, give him a card to the church. So you be all. And you be all weak about it. You be like, you, you, I want to give you something to read. <laughs> and, and then you get nervous, but it start reading it right there. Because you, you want them to take it and put it in their bag so they can read it later. But they're looking at the card right there while you walking away. It's just like, don't read it now. Don't read it now. Please don't read it now. I don't want to say no more. I don't want to say no more. But you have to engage. <laughs> but when you've been with Jesus, last time I checked in the book of Acts, he said, I have given you power to be my what? witnesses come on and if you've been with god he will give you the power to witness he will give you the power to witness who give the power to say things that you know we couldn't say and do things that you cannot do he adds his super to your natural that's why it's called supernatural 
So you try to do in your natural strength, but you need to ask God to add his super to your natural, to make it supernatural. What is the one thing you desire from God this year? What is that one thing that, 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 that you want from him, that, that you need him to do? I want to be a man of prayer. That's, that's my goal. I, 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 want, I want to have that intimacy with, with him. That's my desire. Number two, what is the one thing you're lacking? One thing questions we're asking ourselves this year. Where are you lacking? You're lacking. Jesus looked at the man in Mark chapter 10, verse 21 and 22. He said, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. He said, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this time, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. What is the one thing you lack? Sometimes God causes you to sacrifice something so you can gain more. He asks you to sacrifice. Sometimes it might be your time. Come on. It might be your resources. It might be your energies. He might ask you to sacrifice something, but you don't realize that you're going to gain more. Come on. Unless a seed falls in the ground and dies, it cannot produce a harvest. And sometimes you have to go through a place of sacrifice so you can come into a place of abundance. Don't you know every sacrifice you make for God, God honors that and he will bless you. He will always give you a harvest. Every sacrifice. That's why I bless God for each and one of you who serve on service teams here. Because every sacrifice you make, amen, Come on, in your car, getting up early on a Sunday morning, got to be here at, at, at 10 o'clock, got to move equipment, got to do different things, got to do this and do that. God will bless every sacrifice. Don't think those things go unlooked. Every, every sacrifice you make on your job, come on, because you want to be a faithful employee, God will honor everything. And every sacrifice he will honor. But what is that one thing that you lack this year? You lack. Some of you might lack faith. Lord, I'm lacking in the area of faith. I'm lacking in the area of patience. Come on. I'm lacking with trust. Well, how do you know if you're lacking in faith? Because you always want to be in control. Everything got to be in your, under your control. Well, I know control freak. Well, if you have an issues trusting God, I guarantee you probably are a control freak. Don't worry, I am too. Come on. When it's hard for you to trust God and you keep doubting, God keeps saying, I'm with you. I'm going to do it. Here's my promise. And that's not enough. There's a problem. How many times does God need to convince you that he's God? Don't you have a resume with his works? When I think of the goodness, I feel like preaching. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all, all that he's done for me. Come on. Sometimes you got to look back and look at that resume. Look at, all, look at all of your experiences with him. Look what he did in 06. And look what he did in 82. And look what he did in 78 when you was born. And look what he did out of this situation. Look what he did then. You have to look back and think about it. And when God does it then, you better believe that he's going to do it now. You have to know. 
So how many times do you have to tell you, I'm with you, I'm going to do it, I'm going to promise you. And you sitting there, it's a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust. And you have to come against that mindset because it's coming against you. <laughs> and that thing will rob you of your That thing will have you walking in depression. Come on. I'm talking from experience. That thing will have the long going off in the morning. You don't even want to get out the bed. You don't even want to take a shower. You don't want to brush your teeth. You just want to sit there and just slop and watch TV and ignore the world. Y'all know I'm talking right today. Lack of faith. All, that, all that's connected. Don't think it ain't. It is. Lack of faith. Lack of faith. And with lack of faith, another thing is lack of vision. You have no vision for your life. One of the, quote, one, one of the quotes that really blessed me, it says, if you're bored with life, this is by Lou Holtz, if you're bored with life, you, get, you don't get up every morning with the burning desire to do things, you don't have enough goals. If you're bored with life and there's nothing exciting, that means you don't have enough goals. Because you should wake up every morning with a burning desire, amen, to accomplish that what God has given you to accomplish. If you just wake up every morning, oh, I got nothing to do. Que sera, sera, la 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 la. And not doing anything, you, 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 you don't have purpose. You don't have vision. And you need to know that that's a spirit from the pit of hell. To cause you not to walk in purpose. God has given each and every one of you gifts, talents, abilities. There are things that are dormant inside of you now that you don't even know that are there. Come on. There are things that are lying dormant inside of you. Some of the skills you have now, you didn't even know that you had. But God pulled it out of you. Amen. I, I, I laugh with Pastor Edgar. We, 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 me and Pastor Edgar have known each other almost 17 years now. We get it. Oh, Pastor. Jesus. No, you half my life. Amen. Go back to high school, freshman year. And we laugh because we were these two odd men, odd people, sore thumbs, didn't fit in a square peg in a round hole, just trying to follow the crowd. And yet God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And who knew that this brother, first of all, we didn't get along, first of all. I didn't I, I couldn't stand him. Okay, I will, we, we have a whole we have a whole another story to tell you about that another day. Couldn't stand him. Okay, we we were in the gospel choir together in high school, and just 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 wasn't getting along. And then here we are now. God knew those two people from high school. He ordained it. Even though I bumped it to him and get along with him, I bumped it to my destiny. You don't know who you bumping in today. You might look around. Some of your destiny might be here. Your divine connection. Come on. And we weren't even saved then. You might bump into an unsaved person, and that might be part of your destiny. Come on. You didn't know that that was the plan and the will of God. Pastor Edgar and Sister Deborah go home on the bus. Couldn't stand each other. Tension on Sunday mornings because... He want to do it a different way, and she want to do it another way. And she come and pastor, Pastor Shadwick, please speak to Pastor Torres. Because I told him to turn off that cell phone, and he rolled his eyes at me. But he was sitting next to Destiny, going home on the bus. Come on. 
You don't know, you, you don't know who you bumping. I shared a couple of weeks ago that I was, I, I was in the youth choir at, at, at our home church where we came from. Pastor Vernon was just two people over from me in, in the alto section. I was in the tennis section. I was singing with destiny. Didn't know that. Come on. But God will do it. God, God will do it. You have to trust him. You have to trust him. You, you, you don't know what he's doing this year. You have to trust him. What is that one thing you're lacking? He wants you to trust him this year. Don't allow doubt. Don't allow intimidation, trepidation to, to stop you. You have a dream. And see, the thing is, you have to be you have to be open that God will bring it from another direction. Because, see, see, what our problem is, and this is what I just talked about, is that we want God to bring it our way. <laughs> Lord, I'm believing you for a mate this year. He has to be this, 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 this. Okay, he had to be this, this, this. And a mate is right in front of your face, but you're like, no, that ain't that. This, 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 this. And many times they have that, 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 that on the inside of you, on the inside of them, you just don't know. They have the potential. Come on. Women, you help mates. Come on, relationship series next month. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Amen. Women, you help mates. You help bring out the potential in your man. Come on. He might dress a little funny. Come on, he might look a little funny. Have, might have some funny haircuts and some funny glasses. Might not have the sense of style. But come on, once he get with you, come on, you help him. You help him out. Now, you don't make him your project. You don't fix him up. Okay? You help him out. You his help. You don't take him over. You're not the leader. But you assist him. You're the paraclete. You're the one that walks alongside. And you help the brother out. Amen? Come on, you push him. You, you, you encourage him. Come on, I'm trying to help some married couples out today. Come on, you push him. You encourage him. You ask, babe, what's, boo, what's your dream? What's God saying to you this year? But we're going to say, this is what God's saying to me. This is what I got to do. This is what the Spirit told me to do. No, boo, what's God saying to you? Whoever he's calling me to do is locked up into your destiny. How can I support you? Come on, how can I be an asset to you? The man says we're in competition with our spouse. We need to compliment our spouse. So God has called us this year that we will work in unity together. We got to. You got to. And when you're running your plan and your goal for this year, do it with your spouse. Don't just do it by yourself. Write your separate stuff together. But what's your corporate vision? This should be a vision for your household. What's the vision for your marriage? Why did God bring together? Oh, he was together for ministry. What ministry? What? What? What are you doing together? How are you getting there? See, we got to get others talking. We, we do a lot of excess chattering, and we don't see any type of fruition to what God is saying. I went back to Bethel a couple months ago, and I know this is going to be recorded, but whatever. Praise the Lord. Some people you greet and say, praise the Lord. Some people excited for God's elevation in your life. Hey, Pastor Shadwick. Hey, how you doing? And there's some people who I remember that were above me when I first came into the church. And they're still in the same place. Oh, God called me to preach. I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm called to be, I'm called, I'm called to be a missionary. And they're still, still there. I'm called. I'm called. And yet I'm already walking in my calling. Why? Why? 
because I took the steps that, that was needed. And see, when you begin to take the steps, people are going to change. You better watch. Your family will change. Come on, your family. I'm sitting there looking straight. Your family will change. Sometimes your spouse will change. Come on. You need to take the necessary steps that's needed. So you need to do, you spur other people on. They say, oh, he's serious this year. Oh, she's serious this year. Let, let, let me get on board. Don't let them discourage you. You be the leader. You be the catalyst. You be the one that can bring about change this year. The Bible says we need to spur one another on to good works in Christ Jesus. Come on. Be that one that's going to go gun ho that's going to go all the way for the Lord. You be that one. Stop waiting with the crowd. See, the problem we don't grow up, we, 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 we like to stay on everybody else's level because we don't want to be seen. We don't want to show too much. So, you know, I'm just going to stay right. Oh, they're not doing it. They're not doing evangelism. Even though I feel this burning just to go to door to door to put the door tags on the door, but they're not doing it, so I'm not going to do it either. No, 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 no. You be open to what God is calling you to do this year. You take the step. Because sometimes when you take the step, people have, been wait, people have been waiting for you to take the step. Certain things won't happen unless you take the proper step. Stop looking around the room. Who else is going to do it? No, you need to do it. And when you do it, watch God always brings the support. It's a beautiful YouTube video that I see. And it was basically this outdoor festival. And people was there listening to music. And everybody, was, no one was dancing. It was just like, wow, that's good. One person, you remember that, honey? One person just began to, and people looking, and that person don't care, just start dancing. Then all of a sudden, another person get up, yeah, before you know it, the whole crowd was dancing. Why? Because it only takes one. You just need to be a catalyst. It only takes one. It only takes one. And once you take that step of faith, God will always bring the back up. Come on. The will of God will not lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. The will of God will not lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. If God has called you to do something, you better know that God has always got your back. Always got your back. He's not going to let you go out there and be a fool. He's not. He's not going to let you fail and make a spectacle of yourself and make a spectacle of his name. He's not. As a pastor, when I first thought, I said, Lord, I think I'm just going to fail. I'm just going to give up. You know, just sobbing, just sad, just depressed. God, God, God. And God, God's like, I'm not going to let you fail, son. You just got to trust me. I said, well, Lord, why am I feeling like this? He said, you got to get over yourself. It's, it's you in the way, that's all. Ain't the devil. You open up the door to the devil after a while, but it's you. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, get over yourself. <laughs> you got to get over yourself. Because sometimes it's you holding yourself back anyway. It's an untrained mind, untrained mindsets, poor mindsets, poor habits. You know, because we were raised like that. Someone spoke something bad over us. And so we adapt that. Parent said something. Mom said something. Friend said something. Spouse said something. You said something. And it, and it causes poor mindset, poor habits. And God wants us to, he said, be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your what? That's what you got to do this year. It got to start in the mind. 
It works in the heart, but it got to go to the mind. It got to go there so you can walk in transformation. What is the one thing you lack? Let's keep going. Number three, what one thing do you need to let go of this year? Philippians 3.13 and 14 says, Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward to what is ahead, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that one thing that you need to let go in 2011? What is that one thing? Think about it. What is that one thing? Maybe it's a relationship that's holding you back. Maybe it's someone from your past saying, you know, y'all go way back. That's my girl. Yeah, that's my boy. Every now and then we hang out. Even though I know he ain't doing right and, you know, he kind of calm. Oh, he's all right. But that's my boy. We like Family. What is the one thing you need to let go? Sometimes you need to separate yourself. Because if you don't do it, God will do it after a while. You don't want God to do it. You know. What is, what, what is that one thing you need to let go of? Poor mindset. What, what, what is it? What is the one thing you need to let go of? Some of your, your control. What is, the, what is that one thing you need to forget? You need to say, okay, I let that go. Some of you have some failures that really wounded you. And God wants you to let that stuff go because it's stopping you from succeeding. It's stopping you from succeeding. For people who are successful, you know how many failures they go through? <laughs> they go through a more failure than they do success. Success is only the one thing that works for them. Everybody's like, how did you do it? He's like, well, I just did this and did this because everything else failed. That's all it is. What is that one thing you need to let go of today? Forgetting what is behind. Forget the failure. Forget the pain. Forget the resentment. Let that stuff go. In Jesus' name. What is that one thing you need to let go of? And four, finally, what promise do you need to claim this year? I just believe in the promises of God. Which ones? Well, I just plead the promises. Which ones? You need to know them. That's just saying, I'm hungry. I want to go to McDonald's. Can I take your order? I just want some food. But what specific do you want? Food, whatever. Just, I want food. I, want, I just want food. But, ma'am, it's all food. I just want food. No. What's the promises? Because that's the thing that you're waging war with. Come on, be specific. What are the promises you believe in God for that you get the scripture context? Make sure it's in context and not out of context. Number one, because you got people believing God for stuff that's not even biblical. Because they heard some, someone preaching on TV, it sounds good. Well, I want to believe God for that. You don't even know what he's talking about. Well, I'm going to be got to be a millionaire. How are you going to be a millionaire when you're in debt and you can't even pay your bills on time? If God gives you a millionaire, you're going to be millions of dollars in debt because that does not change the heart condition. It's a poor mindset. I'm going to help you this year because I'm going to help myself first. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalm 56, verse 9 through 13 says, This one thing I know. God is for me. Someone said, God is for me. 
All right, now, I'm trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I am not afraid of anything mere, I'm not afraid of anything mere man can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. Thank God for his promises, for they are yea and they are amen. They are yea and amen. They are for us. That's the blessings of Abraham. We are partaken. We are engrafted in the beloved. We are a part of the body of Christ. What are the promises you need to claim to share? What's that one promise you need to share? Philippians 4.19 says, Who meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, You won't be tempted beyond what you can handle. Some of your situations, God, I can't, I can't, I can't. And God has said, you can, you can, you can, you can. Because if you're saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, that means I'm not God, I'm not God, I'm not God, but I am. He said that you will not be tempted beyond what you can handle. Psalmist says he will not put more on you than you're able to bear. So if you're going through it, he's with you in it. He says, lo, I am with you always. Society, we have to change our perspective. We have to change our mindset this year. Because sometimes the things that we believe are not true. And a lie believed as truth is still a lie. We have to trust him. You won't be tempted beyond what you can handle. He promised us to forgive us of all of our sins. That's Ephesians 1 7 and John, 1 John 1 9. To make everything work for your good. He says that. That's Romans 8.28. Now believe you forsake you. Hebrews 13.5. To be ever present in the time of trouble. He promised that. See, the problem is we don't feel him and we don't see him that we start freaking out. Come on. I, I get there sometimes. Come on. You know? A dip goes in the tides and offers. I'm like... Oh, God, what are we going to do, Jesus? We got bills to pay, God. What are we going to do? God said, you going to trust me? I said, okay, God, but I don't see it right now. So I'm going to trust you. And he provides. It's not about me. It's about him. Give him the glory. To give you strength when you're weary and the power when you're weak. To guide you and to give you direction. He promises that in Psalm 32, 8. That he'll give you direction. To give you the peace that surpasses understanding. You don't know why you're calm and collected, why everybody else is going crazy, but you just are because that's the peace of God. Those are the blessings. Those are the promises that he gives us. He gives to us. Romans 8.39 says nothing will separate us from God's love. Nothing. We have to trust him today. We are more than conquerors. And the most precious promises in John chapter 10, verse 27, 28, we have eternal life through Christ Jesus. God is calling us heavenward today. He's calling us to come closer to him. I was speaking to our sister Barbara. She said, heaven in 2011. We're going to walk. We're going to experience the heavenlies. The Bible says we are seated with Christ in what? In heavenly places. That means we sit with him in authority. We sit with him in dominion. We are heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. That's what the word of God says. So God wants us to experience the heavenly. 
What is the heavenly? Walking in God's promises and seeing them fulfilled in your life. That's the promises of God. And that's what he wants for you and I this year. That's what he wants for the gathering church this year. We can't get comfortable just the way we are right now. See, I like this. You know, I, you know, you know you look, I was looking, you know, when we first came to this building, I'm like, God, this is not what I wanted. This is not the way I pictured it. So when you got married, God, this is not what I wanted. This is not the way I pictured it. But thank you, Lord. I thought like I was deceived, God, because that's not what I saw before I, I signed my, my name to the paper. But okay, God. And you could go there and just be depressed. Or you get over yourself and say, okay, Lord, what would what, what, what I need to do? Come on. See, we want, we want the end product in the beginning. You got to go through the journey. You have to be processed. Because your husband is saying, Lord, I decided to this either. This is not what I expected. <laughs> Come on, it goes both ways. Come on. Come on. On them lovey-dovey feelings, that's going go out the window, people. Come on. That's what your love is. Test it. Come on, ladies. But you don't want to give it up. You want to play possum. Come on. Don't touch me. I'm tired tonight. Come on. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. I'm being honest. It's real. Come on. But Pastor, we're talking about, I'm, I'm saying, I don't have to worry about that stuff. Don't be saying that stuff. It's real because you deal with that stuff yourself. Let a brother look at you the right way. You be, oh, God, help me, God. The blood of Jesus cover me, Lord. Help me, God. Y'all know I'm talking right. Don't act all, all sedentified up in here. You know it's the truth. Come on. God will give you strength. Yes, he will. He gave me strength. Come on. He'll help you to do it the right way. But you have to have this mindset. You have to have this mindset. If we change our mind, we'll change our world this year. We can't get comfortable here. Lord, this is not the way I expected it to be. This is not what I wanted. But God says, if I gave you the church building, it would still look just like this. What are you going to do? He said, what are you going to do? Because you have a church building just with these amount of people and these many empty chairs. What are you going to do? This is a test. He's testing us. He'll say, okay, if y'all all that what y'all saying? Because we did a whole lot of talking in 2010, people. Oh, yes, Pastor, we're with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're going to grow. We're marching. Yes. Woo, yes. Yes. Woo, hallelujah. We did all that stuff. God, bring it down. Down, down, down. We did all that stuff. He's able. We did all that stuff. Now God said, okay. Now I, I'm doing my part. What you going to do? What you going to do? Come on. This whole thing ain't on Pastor Shadwick's shoulders. It's on all of us. If you come in Sunday after Sunday, it's on you too. What are you going to do? Because when I stand, when we all stand before God, God's going to say, what did you do for my body? For only what's done for Christ will last. So you're doing stuff for man's kingdom. You know, what are you doing for God's kingdom? Don't get it twisted. We go to work on Monday. I ain't trying to build man's kingdom. I might work his kingdom, but come on. I'm just just a pilgrim passing through. Come on. I'm a diplomat. (laughs) I have diplomatic immunity, people. 
I don't answer to the laws of that land. Come on. I answer to the laws of the kingdom. And when I come to God's church on Sunday, this is where the kingdom operates. It's not the laws of this land. I operate in the supernatural realm because I'm a supernatural person. Come on, so I have to remember who I am. I don't know why God's taking me this way. But I, I have to remember who I am. I can't get lost in that. So that's why we have to keep our kingdom minded, our kingdom focused when, when, when we go out in the world. Because God said, okay, gather us. Y'all got to gather now. Y'all got, you call yourself a gatherer? Now gather. Go gather. Gather. Come on, gather. Go out there. Gather. Invite folks. In the world, you, you was easy to invite someone to the club. Yo, we having this party at, at, after 10 o'clock. You know, the ladies getting free, but 10 o'clock, after 10 o'clock, everybody got to pay free drinks. Here you go. Come on, come on out. We're quick to say that. Are we getting together after school tonight? Come on, come on. We, we're going to hang out. We're going to go to, to, to that bar right over there. We're going to hang out. We're quick to say that. Are we having a little get-together? Come on by, come on by, come on by. You know, come on, come on, come on. Happy hour. We're all going to happy hour after work. Come on, come drink, have some spirits with us. Mm-hmm. What spirits is that? Mm-hmm. See, it's easy to say stuff like, girl, they're having a say. I'm going to Bloomies. You going, girl? Yeah, I'm going to Bloomies, too. Well, girl, I'm going to the gathering on Sunday. You going? Pastor Shaq is preaching. Oh, girl, come on. It's this big, fine pastor. Girl, he can preach, girl. He be like, he be only your business. Girl, you need to come see my pastor. Oh, my God. And his wife, she's so anointed. And then you got Pastor Edgar. And, yo, they got, like, the best singers, yo, in Berkeley County. It's how you package it. It's how you package it. Come to my church. I don't want to go to that church. It's how you package it. Let me tell you something. My wife blessed me yesterday. She sent me a YouTube video. And the YouTube video was talking about marketing. And so it was talking about how do you, how, how, how you package yourself. Even key words, Sister April can tell you this. Even key words can be, even key words can be the very thing that attracts people to come to you. Right? Right? And so they had this violin, this violinist, amen, who played a million, a three million dollar violin. This guy is, is at the top of his game, the best of the best. Will you mention his name? Everybody know who he is. This man makes $1,000 a minute when he plays in an orchestra. Yeah, I said $1,000 a minute. So I said, let's do a little test, people. Let's do a little test. Let's do a little test. Let's take this guy to Washington, D.C. Let's put him in a public train station. Just like you do, we go to New York, you have people playing violins and stuff like that. Let's see how many people are going to stop to hear him play. And so everybody's like, do you think, now he said, now they said, a thousand people pass through this train station lobby every hour. So by raise of hands, do you think it's going to be 20 people that are going to stop for him? Do you think it's going to be 100 people that are going to stop for him? Or 250 people? So people's like, oh, 100 people are going to stop for him. Someone says, okay, um... 100, 250 people are going to stop for him. And so they said, okay, well, let's see. And they went to the videotape. That man played for one hour. Only seven people stopped by. The man that makes $1,000 a minute 
only made $35 for one hour. I was like, whoa. Oh, how you package it. He didn't have no, no sign who he was or whatever. Just with a $3 million violin. It's how you package it. Now, this man could, went home thinking, I'm only worth $35 an hour. And he makes $1,000 a minute. How many people have walked by you and you only think that you're worth $35 an hour? And God says, I've put millionaire potential locked up in the side of you. But yet you let people define you. It's how you package yourself. It's how you sell yourself. What is your self-worth? What are you worth? I feel him. What are you worth, Marolo? What are you worth, my sister? What are you worth? What are you worth? What are you worth? I didn't get the response I liked, so maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I... What are you worth? See, God would tell you the true worth. He knew what he was worth. That was the truth. It's how you sell yourself. Now, they put up a big sign coming to the Washington train station. The million dollar violinist. Blah, 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 blah. That place would have been packed. People would miss their train stops. People were like, oh, look, I'm got to see this. It's a free concert, girl. You know how much it costs? $1,000 a minute to go, mm-mm, I got to go see him. Just the way you say when you talk about your church. Just come to gathering. It's a place of grace. Place where you belong. You want to come to my church? You want to come? See, it's a place for you. See? See? You don't believe in your own church. I don't know why the Lord, that's not even here. But it's true. It's true. How you package yourself. If you package this thing as this is the best thing since sliced bread, come on. Come on. How you sell yourself. Come on. When you want to get a job, you're selling yourself. You, pu- you pull out all the stops. Let me give you an example. I'm going to shout my sister out. Amen. Sister April Peters. Amen. Just went national this week. Amen. She was on a national broadcast station. Amen. And so she had called us. We prayed with her. Amen. I'm like, I'm like, I told my wife, I said, she's going to do it. Watch. Watch. She's going to knock it out the box. And so I'm just like, but this guy, this guy, could, it's like he could go hard. You know, so I'm just like, okay, okay. She's going to knock it out the box. And when she got on that thing, and he, she just came strong. You'd be like, you think she's been around for 20, 30 years, the way she was talking. She came strong. And I know people bought into that. They received what she was about and what she was displaying through her arts the gifts that God had given her. There was no timidity. There was no fear. It's like, look, either we're going to do or not. This is it. This is the dream. This is the vision. I'm going to take confidence in this thing. I know that God is for me. What can be against me? Who, who is man that thou art mindful of him? Come on, come on. I, I, I'm not, no, 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 no. Fear of man brings a snare. I, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. Because I know God put it in me to do it. And she had that confidence. And let me tell you something. She sounded much better than some of those other folk I see on, on late night TV. Can hardly talk. Can hardly dress right. I was watching in the, the New Year's countdown. These artists were crazy. They were dressed weird, singing stupid songs, dancing like fools. And I was like, I, said, I told my wife, I said, honey, April's going to be here. 
I said, she got to, doggone use it to set some order to this sucker. I don't know what. What they call creativity is just foolishness. I said, we need someone who's kingdom minded to come in here and take over this territory for the kingdom of God. Come on. I said, God, you're going to do it. You know, me and my wife said, a late night TV show coming. I don't know how, but it's coming. We've been saying that since last year. So it's coming. I know it is. But we're going to blast it up in Jesus' name. We've got to support each other in the kingdom. Stop being jealous of folk who are getting blessed. I support each other. But you have to have confidence. You have to sell yourself. Come on, when I see Minister Dwayne, come on. Brother, don't wear a tie, but you know that brother, you know that brother is packing something. Come on, in the way he carries himself, the way he talks. Come on. This man works amongst a whole lot of people who are not his color. And a lot of them have to answer to him. How awkward can that be at times? When you're in a place where everybody's not the same color, and you know that they have issues with you because of your color. But you have to still operate and do what you need to do in that sphere. He's not intimidated by that stuff. He said, I'm not here about that. Come on. That's, that's your issue. That's not my issue. I'm here to do my job, to glorify God, and fulfill my dream. And you see that confidence exude from him. And that's the type of love that you have to have in your heart. That's the type of, of passion you have to have in your heart. That nothing's going to deter you for getting what you have to get from God. Nothing's going to deter you for going all the way. Nothing's going to deter you for understanding who you really are. But see... If he listened to that, he could feel insecure. He could feel like, maybe I'm not worth this. You know, maybe he should have my position. You know, maybe I'm not the best. Or he caught one of my errors, so I made a mistake. So, yeah, maybe. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. How many times have we allowed the enemy to trick us out of what God has for us? $35 an hour, but you could make a $1,000 a minute potential. God wants us to shift this year. We have to move forward. I said last week, you got to do something. You got to do something different this year. You got to do it this year. And then we have handouts for you, Olu. Um, can you get those handouts that are in the back? Last year, I did a teaching called the nine equities. You know what equity is? It's value that's built up, and you have homes. Amen. You build up the equity in your home and your property. You're upkeeping, and over time, it builds value. Amen. Well, your life builds equity through the experiences, through the things that you do. And so we have a handout that I want you to take with you. Um, and I want you to take it home. Those who are married, do it with your spouse. Do it together. Prove it together. And I'll just read what the nine equities are. First of all, you have, you, have, you have your spiritual equity which is your relationship with God. You have your physical equity, which you're building up, which is your body. You have your family, your inner circle. You have your financial. What's your money plan this year? Stop living, stop saying you're living by faith. Cut that out. That's not biblical. That's not an excuse this year. I'm living by faith. But God just going to provide. You have to graduate from you will never get money if that's always your mindset. You got money, believe me. You got a flat screen TV in your house, you got money. You don't need that. Come on. You got stuff. How many coats you got? How many shoes you got? You got money. You just spend it 
on the wrong stuff. We got money. So I'm saying, I don't got no money. You got money. You eat and all, you got money. If you didn't have no money, you would be on the street somewhere. You got money. You're not, you might not be throwing abundance yet, but you got money. Come on. You got, everybody say, I got money. I got money. All right, you do. You, you got to believe that. I don't care if your tie check is $5 or $5,000, you got money. You got money. You can't get mad at someone who has more money than you because you don't know what they did to get that. Come on. You don't know what education they went through to get that job, to get that degree. Everybody's vocation is different from a blue-collar worker to a white-collar worker and everything in between. Come on. But God has blessed you. And, what, and the money that it takes for other people to have success, to define success, it might not be the same definition for you. Stop defining your success by what other people have. Come on. Stop defining your success by what other people have. Because you have to look at your life. You're successful now. Come on. You're balancing your bills. Your bills getting paid. You're paying your car. No, come on. You might not have an Escalade, but thank God for your hoopty. Come on. Thank God for your putt-putt. It still gets you from point A to point B. Thank God, because you could be on New Jersey Transit way in the cold going back home today. Hello? Come on. Thank God. So what? You don't got to meet, but you got to fold first. So what? Praise God. Thank him. Come on. So what? You don't got real dollars in your finger if they keep it corner and keep the secret to yourself. Praise God. Come on. Come on. You might have to palm your own hair, ladies, so you don't have enough money to get a washing set. Come on. Praise God. No one needs to know. Come on. Come on. You got to think. I cut my own hair. I bought my own clip. I said, why am I going to pay $15 plus a tip every two to three weeks? I said, no, 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 no. I'm just going to invest this money, buy some clippers, and I said, hey, I don't got money like that every two weeks. Come on. Sometimes I shake my wife up, right, honey? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You got to do what you got to do. Come on. But if you say, but Pastor, are you successful? Yes, I am successful. Come on. I'm experiencing success. Success is breakthrough. Success is maintenance. Come on. It's, 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 it's a continuity. It's a consistency of something. That's success. We are successful. We're making it. So stop looking at, oh, I need more, I need more. Because when you get more, you still live the way you live when you had less. See, the problem is when you make more money, you spend more money. When you get more money, you should live off the same money that you had before so you can have, so you can have some cushion. That's a trick of the trade. If you make it $50,000 a year and you're like, Lord, we're just barely making it, but we're making it, thank you, Lord. That God gives you an opportunity where you make making $75,000 a year, live off the $50,000 a year. Don't shift. Don't change. My wife and I can tell you, every time we got a pay raise, I said, honey, we're going to act like you're like you living with this other job and I'm living with this other pay. We, we're going to put that, that stuff away. And you'd be amazed what you can save. You'd be amazed at the trips you can go on, the spas you can go to. The drives you can make, 
Come on. You'd be amazed at the stuff you can do. Come on. You wonder how they always going away because they saving. Come on, save. You always want to spend. Oh, girl, they have to sell. I, I need it. No, you don't need it. You don't need it. Come on. And see, I'm impulsive. So I, I always have to calm my impulsive down. I have to speak to myself, to ask myself, do I really need it? Well, we got this new location. I said, Dwayne, we need to get new equipment. We need to do this. We need to do it. He's like, Pastor, Pastor, don't you think we're moving too quickly? I said, Dwayne, but we need this. We need that. We need that. He said, let's just wait. Let's just wait. I said, okay, I'm waiting. Is that long enough? Okay, let's go. Sometimes you got to wait. We got to wait. Come on. I'm a I want an iPhone. Like, Lord, I want an iPhone. I want this. I want this. Wait. He'll give it to you. Wait. Come on. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, I want an iPad. I said, but Lord, I don't got no money for an iPad. I don't got this. I got that. Child was there on the day the iPad came out on the line. Got my iPad. I said, how in the world did I get this? God will make a way. Don't do it. God cares about the little things, people. He does. He does. All your wants, your desire, he cares about. He does. I should have testified how I got my flat screen this year for $188, a 32-inch flat screen. Mm-hmm. Look at y'all. Y'all look at look, look, look. Where, where? The blessing has passed. That was my miracle. Believe God for your own. That was my miracle. What God has for me, it is for me. <laughs> Now I'm about to write the website address down. I'm going right after work. I got enough in the bank to get that one. But you got to trust God. I'm closing. I'm done. I'm closing. But your financial, your career, your calling, career, your, your job, your calling, your divine purpose, your work should line up with your divine purpose. What are you doing? 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 Contribution, your giving of your time, your talents, your money, your resources. What are you contributing? How is that going to change this year? Your character, the real you. How many of us do a character introspection? Because our characters think. They do. We're selfish. Come on, we do stuff. Come on, we have some bad cows to floor. Some of you are always tardy for the party. Come on, that's the bad character defect. Come on, I know I'm talking right by myself. Come on. Some of you people look at you the wrong way, you get insecure, just different things, it's gone. Character stuff. How are you going to work on your character this year? You have to know what your deficits are. How you market yourself, you have to know what your strengths are as well as your weaknesses. Or as we say in marriage counseling, your areas of growth. Because every weakness can become a, a strength. If you grow, if you grow. Education, new information and mentorship. What are you going to learn new this year? What are the things you want to learn? Come on. What, what, what do you want to learn? Some of you need to get up on technology. My, my, my mother got an iPhone for Christmas. So I said, okay, we're going to school you. We're going we're gonna to get you up on technology. You know, because the phone she had, I don't know what that was, but she needed need some help. But thank God for our iPhone so she can learn. Come on. New experiences. Come on. What, what new experiences? What exposure? Maybe you want to visit a new place this year. Maybe you want to go somewhere. 
this year. Come on, you want to try new things. Maybe you want to try a new type of food. Maybe you want to go to that new restaurant that everybody's talking about. Maybe you want to go here, experience that. What are the new experiences you want to have under your belt? Those are the equities that God wants you to build up this year. So here's the key. Write it down. That's why I gave you the handout. See, the problem is with most of us, we don't write stuff down. Again, we do this good talking, 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 yapping, 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 yapping. And we're like, ooh, that was good. Mm -hmm. That was good. That was good. And we do not write it down. Oh, here's the other case. Well, Pastor, I'll write it down, but then you put it away. We are sheep. Sheep are foolish. Sheep have to always have something in front of their faces to, to remind them. You have to keep that thing fresh in front of you. Men, write, your, write down your, your equities, put it in your wallet. Make a screensaver out of it. Do something. Keep it in front of you. Put it in your Bible. Because if not, this sheet of papers is going to collect dust, and you're going to be here January 2nd, 2012, trying to do it all over again. So let this year be different, I encourage you. I know I spoke a long time, but I had to get this out. I had to get this to you. I want you to be equipped for this year. I want you to be equipped for this year. I want you to know that you can make it. It's time for you to move forward this year. It's time for you to move forward this year. It's time to move forward. No turning back. You got to move ahead. You have to declare. Past is over. In you, all things are made new. This is to get to surrender your life to Christ. He wants you to move forward this year. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? music is playing lightly. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. If you know the Lord is calling you to another level, another dimension, another place of existing in him, and you know this message spoke to your heart this morning, I just want you to stand where you are. Moving ahead, I'm here to declare to you, my past is over in you, all things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. If that's your prayer today, come on. What a moment you have for me to such a freedom. Come on, y'all. I have found in you. Turn the music up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I'm not going back.
turning back. We're not giving up. We're not giving up this year because he's able. I'm not giving up this year because he could turn the situation around. I'm not giving up this year 
Because he can do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or even think. So, Father, I pray today that you will strengthen us, even now, in the name of Jesus, that you will fortify us, that you will equip us, Lord God, that we will, oh God, you will lead us to that one thing, oh God, that we lack, that you will help us to let the things go that we need to let go, that you will help us to claim that one promise that we need, that you will help us oh, to receive that one thing that we desire from you today, Father. Father God, help us today to, to stand on your word, to renew our minds, to do that which you've called us to do, even now, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you will fortify us. I pray that you will be our portion today, in the precious name of Jesus. Father, cover our hearts, cover our minds, and prepare us to move forward. Prepare the gathering church to be a place that would gather us gather. But gather us, gather. Father God, help us to spread the word. Oh God, that this is the best church of Burger County. Oh God, help us to spread the word. There's no one who want to be the best. Help us to spread the word that this is a place of grace. This is not like any other church. Oh God, that this is your church. Oh God, that you have something special here. We take pride in what you do here, Father God. We celebrate what you do here this year, Lord God. That's why we call this the worship celebration, God, because, oh, God, you're going to do it even now in the name of Jesus, Lord. So, Father, we bless you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. I want you to get your offerings together. and.